So the other day as I'm going through a bunch of news stories to bring to you on the program, ran across another headline about a fire at a U.S. food processing facility. What in the world is going on? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Now, it sounds like a, a lot of fires to somebody that's not really paying attention. And I know that it's taken on some traction in a bunch of news sites that I look at. And it does make you wonder, especially with the rising cost of food, is there a connection? Did a little bit of research. You know, there's plenty of things we need to be concerned about. And the food processing plant fires, um, honestly, I'm coming to conclude they're not as big of a deal as some people are trying to make it out to be, and here's why. We have 25,000 plants that process food or more in this country. We're talking about, between last year and now, about 20 that have had issues. Some have been minor damage, mostly equipment failure. In one case, there was a small uh, light plane hit a plant in Georgia. But what really concerns me is why are the prices of food actually going up? These plants that have had issues, most will be back online in the near future. And they represent, you know, one-tenth of one percent of processing capability. So I'm not as worried about these fires because if you look over the years with 25,000 plants and, and the grains and everything else, fires have been known to occur. And pretty much, by the way, at that kind of number. So I'm not really going to worry about this fire stuff because when you look at the numbers of fires that occur in food processing plants, and you know, like in 2019 or 2017 or, or 2020, numbers are running about the same as they have over the years. These things do happen. But what I am concerned about is why would the President of the United States... Joe Biden, why would he make a statement that there would be real food shortages worldwide? And he he says it's all because of the massive sanctions put on Russia. Why would there be food shortages here in the United States for something dealing with Russia? And that concerns me. What are we being set up for? As As you probably figured out, as every day goes by, my distrust for this government grows exponentially. Jen Psaki, probably the highest paid, bold-faced liar in a government job you could ever find. She is a professional class liar. She was only supposed to be a part of the Biden transitionary team, but she's hung on here now for over a year. And you look at her background in think tanks and other places. Yeah, she's part of that deep state. The corporate side of the deep state. You know, the the ones that make money off the government type of the deep state. As I mentioned this week already, you look at the Biden administration. It's not incompetence that's going on. This is all by design. I don't care how you put it. 
This is continuously by design, this destruction of the United States. We spend money, we print more money all the time, and have no real wealth being created to offset it. And so what happens, what happens is your money becomes worth less. And like I say, I'm, I'm retired. My wife and I, we're retired. We are on a fixed income, and we feel it when these prices go up dramatically. Last week, we drove up from Florida to Georgia, and I never can remember gasoline prices that high. And our vehicles get pretty decent gas mileage, but it was still painful to make that drive from Georgia Uh, I mean, from Florida up to Georgia. There is this systematic takedown. And, And maybe it's time we begin to have some practical thinking and strategies on what we need to be doing going forward. We have been spoiled here in the United States and Canada as well and most of the Western world with what is called, you know, the the supply chain. And, and the miracle of the computerized supply chain pretty well ensures that items you're needing to find at a particular store will be there when you come in. It helps where a store does not have to warehouse a tremendous amount of things. They, they can anticipate need and move it through the supply chain to get it to the retail or the online, and it comes to you on time, right down to food. Now, the pandemic put some dings and dents in that supply, and we saw what happened. We saw certain things running low or running out or being in panic buy mode. But but what's going on today, this devaluing of our money. You know, somebody I had a discussion with a while back talking about how student loans need to be forgiven. And, and a lot of people that went to like a tech school. Well, they, they got up every morning, they went to school, they had jobs, and they paid their own way. And they would say, well, yeah, but school didn't but cost a several thousand dollars a year, not like it is today. Yeah, but our money was worth one, you know, it, it was, you could live on a, on a lower wage, $100 a week, $120 a week. That's what I got paid in my first, you know, job when I'm married, $125 a week. Then I got paid $150, and I thought it was a big deal. Our, our currency has been devalued. Just take, go back 50 years, whatever something costs you outside of certain electronics, like, you know, 50 years ago, multiply it by 10. Just multiply it by 10. Gasoline was 30 cents a gallon or 32 cents a gallon. It's 320 a gallon or higher. Just a lot of things. Some things have been reasonable, like electronics, because of mass production. But our money has been devalued systematically over time. We're experiencing a lot of things, and I think God's hand of judgment is also coming upon the United States. Now, today being Wednesday, Jim Calhoun has made it clear that he would love to help us out again, as we're trying to get so much done here once we first got to Georgia. And he said that he would be more than happy to jump in, and I'm more than happy to take him up on that offer. And so Jim is going to be talking about how to get back to the basics of life. And so I'd like to welcome Jim Calhoun back to the microphone today to share his thoughts on these topics. Thanks, Bob. 
It's great to be back on Truth to Ponder, and I really do appreciate my time behind this microphone visiting with the great audience of Truth to Ponder, because I feel like I've made a lot of good friends with some of the listeners. The listeners of Truth to Ponder truly are a cut above. Now, that's just my opinion, but I think I'm right, and I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to give you an update on the drought situation here in central Nebraska. We've been having quite a few prairie fires, and they're very destructive. And when you have winds of 50 and 60 miles an hour, and and whatever foliage is out there is extremely dead and dried up, conditions are right for disaster as far as fires are concerned. They had to close several highways and evacuate some towns because these prairie fires can go 50 and 60 miles an hour. It's very rare to outrun a prairie fire. There's been countless people killed by prairie fires and also livestock and wildlife. They're truly very destructive. But I do know that my great-grandfather, back in the 1800s, had to outrace a prairie fire, and he had a really good horse. And the horse was named Jack. And the horse has become legend in our family because Jack outran that fire. For over 30 miles, that horse ran as hard as he could to save himself and also my great-grandfather. And so I know that it is possible to outrun a prairie fire, but you don't want to try it. But we did have a half inch of rain, which I thank God for. But right after we had the rain, the wind came back up, 50 and 60 miles an hour from the south, very dry, and it immediately started blowing dust again. Now, I'm not saying the rain didn't help because it was a godsend. Yes, it did help. But it seems like that the hot wind was just trying to suck that moisture right back out of the ground. And I'm afraid that that half inch of rain didn't do as much good as what we would want it to. But it is greening up just a little bit. And so it's a start. So I would ask for everyone to pray for rain in the central part of the United States. We need it very bad. Not only us personally, but we as a nation. We need this area to produce food. More than any other year that I can ever think of, this is the year that this area needs to produce food. And I'm doing my best to do what I can do to help produce food not only for me, but for others. But I'd be lying to you if I told you that I wasn't concerned, because I'm very concerned over the situation. So I ask for prayers, please, and I thank you. Now, as I start getting ready to do an episode of Truth to Ponder, I pray about it, and then I kind of just forget about it, and I kind of leave it up to the Spirit of God to put it on me, and I just have faith in the Spirit of God that something will come into my heart that I'm supposed to speak about. And so every episode of Truth to Ponder is not planned as far as my episodes. I know Bob works very hard, and he plans his very well as well as he follows the Spirit of God in every show, undoubtedly. And I'm not saying that I don't prepare, but I am telling you that I really don't choose what topic I talk about. I kind of leave that up to the Holy Spirit. And as I was doing my chores this morning, I'd already prayed about it, I started getting one singular thought, and it was get back to basics. And I really didn't know where I wanted to take that, and so I kind of left that alone too. And then throughout the day, as I was doing all of my work, 
because I have a lot of mechanic work to do and livestock work and I stay really busy. And it kept coming back to me, get back to basics. And then all of a sudden, the entire program of what I'm supposed to talk about just unfolded in front of me. And I thank God for him giving me the faith to rely on him because that's where faith comes from. I do know that faith in God is probably the most important thing that we can have as a human being. I not only rely on faith every day, I actually live on faith. I'm going to give you an example of getting back to basics. Then I'm going to give you an example of having faith and then being rewarded for that faith. I think God was responsible for the outcome of the story that I'm going to tell you. I think it's a fact, and it's not debatable, that God has his hand in everything anyway. But getting back to basics means that we need to look at everything that we do, everything that we are, everything that we wish to be. We need to boil that down to the simple common denominators of what makes us human, what makes us children of God, what makes us who we are and how we are. And that's ultimately where I'm going to take this show. But now I'm going to tell you the story. I decided that with my hay harvest, I needed to get back to basics. Now, years ago, and I'm talking 100 years ago, they had a technology that is totally forgotten about. And it was called a hay buncher. And I don't know how many people out there are familiar with the sickle bar mowers. Some of you are. Some of you have used them. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. So I'm just going to give you a brief description of a sickle bar mower. What it is, is you have a tractor that you attach a mower on the back. And this mower has a long sickle. And the sickle goes back and forth. It has little individual knives on it that look like triangles. They go in between what are called guards. And the guards are more or less teeth that have a sharp edge on it. So, in effect, you have a lot of little scissors. Because as that goes back and forth, it's a scissoring action. And this technology goes back into the 1860s. And up until very recently, that basic technology was still used. But how everyone has used a mower or a swather for years is they just mow the hay down, then they rake it up, and then they either stack it or bale it. Whatever you're mowing, the hay or the alfalfa, simply falls over and stays where you mowed it. Well, a buncher is kind of like having a grass catcher on the back of your push mower that you mow your lawn with. What it is, is an attachment that you put on the back of your mower, and it drags behind there, and it's got little metal strips that go from the bar of the mower that have about an inch between each strip that lets the stubble come through, and that way, the motion of the mower moving forward and the stubble will pull the hay back away from where you're mowing the hay. I hope that I haven't confused you here. But anyway, what this does is it captures the hay and it drags it along with you instead of just falling over and staying where it's at. And I decided to do that because we're in a drought and the hay we're going to mow is going to be really light. And the lighter it is, the harder it is to rake. It's really hard to deal with when the hay is really short and it's really thin. It's really hard to deal with. And you actually use more fuel putting up light hay than you do heavy hay. And so I remembered as a kid, people used to have bunchers. All the old men did. 
And so I decided, well, I'm going to look into having a buncher. So I checked online and there's hardly anything on them online. I saw just one picture and I thought, well, I'm going to build me a buncher because if I can save the fuel of not having to rake the field and also the hay bunches that I gather will be a decent size to where I can handle them and use less fuel. So I was getting back to the basics of a sickle mower of how it was originally designed. And yes, I'm going somewhere with this story. Well, anyway, I decided to build a hay buncher. Well, I went out to my great-grandfather's old metal pile, which I visit every once in a while. It's really hard to get to. It's in some tangles and some, it's in a wooded area that's kind of tangly and it's not a great place to go pull metal out of. But I figured that there would be some pieces in there that I could use. So I went out there and I started moving some metal. There's a, bit, there's a pile of it out there. I started unpiling some of the metal through all the branches and everything else that was in it. And I looked down and I saw some strips. And I thought, hmm, those would be perfect to use as strips on a buncher. So I grabbed a couple of strips and found out they were attached to a bar. And I thought, no, this couldn't be. Well, I started uncovering it, and yes, it was the bottom half of a buncher, already built. I've lived here my whole life, and I'm 60 years old, and that pile's been here since long before I was born. And I never knew there was half of a buncher down in that metal pile. Well, I was really happy. I pulled it out and thought, well, that takes care of half of my job right there. Got half of the buncher built. And then I started clearing away a little bit more, and lo and behold, I saw the other half of the buncher down amongst the metal. So I pulled it out, and it took me just an hour to straighten it all back up. And here I have a buncher that's ready to go in an hour. Now, I really do feel that God put it on my heart to get back to basics. And also, I think that God gave me the idea of saving the fuel and also of getting my work done the way I need to get it done. And then he provided the means for me to have that. Now, you might say, well, that's been laying there for years. God didn't put it there. No, but God revealed it to me. God put it on my heart. And like I say, I very rarely go to this metal pile. So why did I decide to go to this metal pile? You're never going to convince me otherwise, but I truly feel that the Spirit of God was involved in this whole process. Now I'm looking forward to the summer of using this buncher because a lot of people that I've talked to are really worried about their hay crop. And they're worried about being able to rake it up because it's going to be so light. So I'm letting all my friends and neighbors that do hay, I'm letting them know that I'm fixing a buncher and why. And hopefully some of them will get back to basics too. And if they need to look at a pattern, I got a complete one right here now ready to go. Normally finding that buncher would have really shocked me and surprised me. But like I tell people, I live on faith. And God has come through so many times for me. God has come through just countless numbers of times in my life in that way. And so nothing surprises me anymore. I just give thanks to God and give him all the glory. But that's one instance of getting back to basics and being rewarded for it. Now I'm going to go on to getting back to basics as far as we, the people. And I'm talking about the common people, the people that make the world work, the people who just want to raise their families and worship their God and live in peace. Those are the people I'm talking about. 
We all need to learn how to get back to basics. That means something different to almost everyone. So I'm definitely going to base this program on my point of view. And I'm going to start with education. We need to get back to basics in education. Reading, writing, arithmetic, spelling, phonics, and also an accurate portrayal of history. None of that seems to be happening in our schools right now. The emphasis is now on social engineering and pushing agendas of pedophilia and homosexuality and transgenderism and all sorts of things. But the basic thing we need to start with is putting God back into the classroom. Now, do I honestly think that the public schools are going to bring God back into the classroom? No, I don't, because I don't think the public schools are geared that way anymore. I'm not saying that there aren't school teachers that are Christians that do pray and pray with their students once in a while. I'm not saying that at all. But as a national institution, our schools are not going to put prayer and God back into the schools. So therefore, getting back to basics is you have to put God back in school. You have to. Don't wait for a bureaucrat to do it. Why would you wait for a bureaucrat to do anything? You put God back in school. How do you do that? Get back to basics. Do what people had done for thousands of years. Homeschool your children. Period. You might say, well, I can't do that. My question to you is, why? Oh, because I have a job and I'm too busy. Okay, you're too busy for your own kids? Think about that. Why are you working? To gain money. To take care of your children, correct? Or is it to gain money to buy things? Well, it should be to take care of your children. And so take care of your children. You don't have to buy them things. Take care of your children. Homeschool them and put God into your school. That's getting back to basics. And then the whole question on abortion. Is it alive? Or is it a glob of goo? Well, if it isn't alive, then why do you have to kill it? You have to get back to basics. You can't kill something that isn't alive. Therefore, the precious child in the womb is alive, is a person, needs to be protected. Not only protected by government, which I don't think government ever will, but we, the people, need to protect our future generations. Even dumb animals will circle around the young and protect them from lions and wolves and so forth and so on. But what is it about the supposed most intelligent life on earth, which would be mankind, won't even circle around the young, will not protect the young? It's time we got back to basics. It's time we looked at our humanity and find out what our humanity is. And if your humanity is letting children die and looking the other way, well, you need to rethink your humanity. We need to get back to basics. Life is life. Life is precious. Why would we want to have a part in destroying what God has created? So we need to get active. I'm not saying wear ribbons 
And I'm not saying hold up signs along the road and protest. That gets us nowhere. And I'm not saying talk to your representative or your senator or your congressman. That gets us nowhere. These people are all bought off. These people are all bought and paid for by the abortion mill industry. That's one of the reasons why so many congressmen and senators are so wealthy. Because there's lots of money in selling baby parts. I know that sounds really crude, and I'm very sorry about that. But we have to look at what is. This is what's happening. We're being farmed. As a human species, we're being farmed by a bunch of very evil people. And these evil people are buying off the people that are supposedly on our side and protecting us. So what do we do? If you know a young woman or a young couple who are contemplating getting an abortion, counsel them. They may not listen to you, but at least circle around the young. When the wolves attack the caribou and they circle around their young, they don't necessarily save all their young, but at least they go through the effort of trying. And that's what we need to do. Get back to basics. We need to protect our young. We need to put a circle around them. We need to pray a hedge of protection around all the unborn and also all the young children who are born. Because pedophilia is definitely on the rise. And day after day, I'm, I see another story of a school principal or a teacher who is grooming their children for sexual contact. Yes, this world is that sad and it's that sick. So we need to circle around our young and protect the children at all costs. Because there's no use worrying about the future if we don't take care of our kids. Because our kids are the future. So taking care of the children now is taking care of the future. That's just a basic truth. We need to get back to basics. Now, as far as the world condition is concerned, we have wars and rumors of wars. We have all sorts of debauchery, all sorts of things that are happening that are really anti-social, anti-productive. The spirit of Antichrist is everywhere. And we do have the masses who, unfortunately, a lot of them are brainwashed into thinking the way they think. So I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think you could live like it was 1920? Do you think you could do that? A lot of people would say, no, I couldn't do that. Well, my question to that is, why? There's nothing wrong with living like you're in 1920. Now, I know some people are probably rolling their eyes right now. And they're thinking, oh, God, you don't want to go back to horses and buggy days. We may have to. If we have a world war, if we run out of food, if our electricity is cut off, if we can't get any fuel, guess what, folks? Guess how we're going to have to live? We're going to have to live like it's 1920 or 1890. Do I think that's going to happen? I'm not sure. But do I think it's a possibility? Definitely it is. All you have to do is listen to the propaganda that's coming out of Russia and coming out of Washington and out of France and out of England and all over the world. And that little dictator up in Canada. The world is a mess, and these people don't care. And there's not one person among this group of bureaucrats and politicians that really cares about we the people. So we have to get back to basics and we have to take care of ourselves. 
And so you have to ask yourself, well, how can I live like it's 1920? Very easy. Your great-grandparents did. They did fine. And you're living proof that they survived that. And so I think we all need to learn the basic human skills. How to cook. How to sew. Get back to basics. Learn how to can your own food. Learn what it's like to be a productive human without a cell phone, without a computer. We seem to be basing our entire life on gadgets and gimmicks and technology. Guess who controls the gadgets and the gimmicks and the technology? The people who are deeply rooted in the spirit of Antichrist are the ones who control that whole system. They have everyone addicted to their smartphone, and the smartphone is being used against the people to track them and to monitor them, what they're buying, where they're going. There's all sorts of smart appliances going in homes, smart refrigerators, smart toasters, things that can spy on you. People that put this little computer thing in their house, this Alexa or whatever that is, all they're doing is putting a spy in their house. Get back to basics. Learn how to read a map. Learn how to look something up in a dictionary or an encyclopedia. Learn the joys of reading a book, something you hold in your hand. Rediscover the joy of quiet times, times away from all the technology and all the intrusion that it brings. We truly need to get back to basics. And one aspect of basics is is God, family, and country. Those are three basic things that have been around for generations. Well, right now, and this is just me, I don't think that there's a country on earth that isn't infiltrated by the spirit of Antichrist. And so, if you ask me if I support any countries, well, I support the countries, I support the people in the countries, but as far as the governments go, not so much. I just don't see any good coming out of any of these governments. They all seem to be serving the spirit of Antichrist. Now, that's just my opinion. And so, I'm going to replace the word country with community. We need to get back to basics. God, we need to put God first. God needs to always be first because without God, we are nothing, we have nothing, there is nothing. And God created the family structure. And we need to take care of our families. We need to get back to basics. We not only need to feed and clothe our children, we also need to nurture them. We need to keep them away from the pedophiles. We need to keep them away from the transgender movement. We need to keep them away from the indoctrination that's happening in the public schools. And some of these public schools have a Satan club where they have kids as young as five and six years old go into a classroom and have a little club built on worshiping Satan. Do you want your children in that? I refuse to live in that world. There was a professor that said that he didn't see anything wrong with a grown man having sex with an infant. And this person is still teaching. This person is still influencing young minds. Now, I don't want to live in that world. And so I refuse to live in that world. I really can't do anything to stop them. But I don't have to condone it and I don't have to join. But getting back to replacing country with community. After we take care of our family and we nurture our family, traditionally, we've stood up for our country. But I think we need to keep it closer to home. We need to stand up for our own communities. 
And I'm not talking about the community government so much, just the people, our neighbors, our friends, the people that share the same area that we do. We need to change our way of thinking, away from the international and the national, and change our way back to where it really needs to be, and that's local. And on the other side of the break, I'll be back with part two. And thank you so much, Jim. And he will be right back after this upcoming break here on Truth to Ponder. I want to thank all of you that keep this radio program on the air. Many of you that support us financially. Also, many of you support us prayerfully. Your prayers are actually very much needed right now. My wife and I have come to a decision to sell our home in Georgia. And we're looking at moving into uh, extreme southwest Virginia to be near the near family because as we get older we don't want to be so far away and uh, this time will tell and I, yet there's so many things that God has laid in my heart to get done so the house is being listed this week in Georgia and uh, we're just praying that God will send the buyer that needs to buy this house and that we can quickly decide where and how we're going to do our next phase of our life. I'm going to miss this little place, and I'm going to miss this little studio. It sounds great, but we're just going to move it to another location into Virginia. And we still have a place in Florida. God has been very good in that department. We're not wealthy people. We just happen to have had real estate. And so we're just fortunate in, in being able to have this place. It was really dirt cheap. We we bought it to rehab it because we were going to need it for a time being up here and some work that I was doing. And it was just a better way to invest some of what we had in savings. That was, well, you're losing money against inflation for this savings today. And so we just felt strongly to do what we did here. If you can help us financially with the radio Airtime. That's what we buy. You know, we buy airtime. I'm not a paid employee of Truth to Ponder. I'm not. And neither is anybody else. But if you make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, and you mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. The city is Crestview, Crestview, Florida. Crestview, Florida. Zip code is 32536. That zip code again, 32536. Anything you can do to help us during this month is always appreciated. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Joying in the joy. Coming up, Shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now we say, make the Lord the Lord. Make him Lord of your life. Well, things can only be right when the Lord is Lord. That's right. We say, make God king. Well, that's right. It can only be right in your life when the one who is king anyway becomes king of our life. We need to make God God. Now he's God anyway, but things are only right in our life when he's God of our hearts. Well, there's something else we need to do like that. See, God is the delight of the universe. He's the joy, but things aren't right until he who is the delight of existence becomes the delight of your life. He is the joy. 
And so things are only right when he becomes the joy of your life, the joy of your heart, the joy of your desire. Bach wrote a piece called Jesus, the Joy of Man's Desire. Well, it's true. We exalt God as God because he is God. We make him Lord because he is Lord. So we're equally commanded, rejoice in the Lord always. Why? Why? Well, if we're to rejoice in the Lord always, it can only be because he is the joy anyway of our lives. We're commanded to delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desire of your heart. Why? We're to delight ourselves in the Lord because he is the delight anyway, and he is the desire of our heart. Only then will things be right in your life. You made God, God, good. You made the Lord, Lord, good. You made the king, king, very good. But now you need to do something more. It's time to make the joy your joy. Want more? Ask for delight thyself. Now, how'd you like to be able to move mountains? Well, you can. With Sapphire's, the super spiritual supplement to help turn your walk into a super life with God. Plus the incredible mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. It's all free. How do you get it? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua. And you call it. That's it. So call 1-800-YESHUA-1 for your free gifts. You will be blessed, but call now. It's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you, my friend, to join me in the Great Commission to bring salvation back to the Jewish people and to reach uh, countless people throughout the earth of every tribe and tongue. It's amazing. You can actually blanket this planet with the gospel for the lost, the farthest way you'll ever touch the world. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You can find out to be part Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi. L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Shalom Alechem, rejoice in the Lord always, my friend, in Messiah, Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Welcome back to part two of this episode of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun, filling in for Bob Bierman today. And Bob Bierman will be back soon with another great episode of Truth to Ponder. And I really appreciate Bob letting me talk to his great audience. And I thank you for sticking around. We've been talking about getting back to basics. And I think that needs to start with your relationship with God and also needs to start in your home. Because ultimately, we need to do everything in our power to make our position in life stronger. Now, most people know this, but some people don't. Life is a process. Everything in life is a process. And so if you take things day by day, sometimes moment by moment, and build things up to where you have a stronger position, that's definitely the best plan of action. There's no way that you're going to be able to go from point A to point B as far as getting your headspace right and getting things lined up. You're not going to do that in an instant. It is a process. But each day, you can do little things to make your position stronger. Day by day, you can build it up. A lot of people realize 
that slow and steady does indeed win the race. If you see a need in your community and you can do something about it, then please do. Do something about it. We're so brainwashed into finding out what's happening in Ukraine and everywhere else that we don't even know what's happening around the corner. And I think that's really sad. Now it's sad that anyone's getting hurt or killed in Ukraine. War is very evil. But there's nothing that I can truly do to help that situation. But in my own community, there's plenty I can do. If we all took care of our walk with God and our relationship with God, and we all took care of our families, and we all took care of our communities, that all of a sudden, such a country with a population that's doing that, the country will be fine too. Because it is all connected. But it seems like the powers that be are trying to keep our minds on this huge picture that we can't do anything about. And they do that to depress us. Because they know that we know that we can't do anything about it. I'm not saying to ignore it. I'm not saying not to pray about it. But I'm going to say don't obsess with it. There's so many people obsessed right now with things happening all over the world. You need to be obsessed with your relationship with God. You need to be obsessed with taking care of your family. And to a lesser extent, you need to be obsessed with helping your community. If you must be obsessed with anything, those are the three things. But it's really time that we as a human species understand that what we are is not a sum total of our gadgets. What we are is not a sum total of the technology that surrounds us. We are still flesh and blood. We are still the same human species that God created. And for thousands of years, mankind has existed without all the gadgets and toys and technology. But we seem to be a generation that seems like we're so addicted to it that we can't even fathom life without it. Well, we may be forced into a life without it. But I would say get a head start with things. Start living your life simpler, more basic. And I think that you'll find yourself less frustrated, more fulfilled, and a lot more content. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I'm doing. Every day I do something to make my position stronger. And I've been doing that for over a year now. And in that year, I now have a fully stocked fallout shelter. I have enough survival food to get me by for months. I have plan A, B, C, and D on almost everything. But I've done it one day at a time. I plan my days very carefully. And the projects that I work on that will help me imminently with other projects that need to be done. And so I've been laying what I consider a very good foundation if we have an earth-shattering, world-changing catastrophe. And I choose what projects I'm going to do the exact same way as I do everything else. I pray about it. Then I stay very receptive to what I think the Spirit of God is putting on my heart. That's how I choose what I work on. And there may be times that I work on things that really don't make any sense of why I'm doing it at that time. But later on, I find out that 
that was done in the correct order. It was something that needed to be done. And I was glad that I was obedient and listened and followed what was put on my heart. And so I think that's also another basic thing we need to do. Stay in prayer. Stay teachable. Stay reachable. Reachable by the Spirit of God. Learn how to be quiet. Learn how to listen. Learn how to obey. And follow the leadings of the Spirit of God. Those are basic things. But those basic things right there are the foundation of building something that's going to give you a better future. There's an awful lot of talk show hosts and a lot of shows out there that talk about all the gloom and doom and all the coming catastrophes. As I'm doing research for shows, it's just one catastrophe after another, on and on and on. And I'm not saying that it doesn't affect me, because of course it does. But I've learned a little thing called perspective. There are things that I can do things about, and there are things I can do nothing about. And the things that I could do nothing about, I still don't believe I can't do anything, and so I pray about it, because I think that's the strongest thing we have anyway, is prayer. But one of the main reasons that I'm broadcasting is because I want to give people hope. I want to help people build their faith and learn how to live in faith. I want people to know that there are other ways of doing things. I want people to know that God is great and God is in control. I want to offer solutions to problems. Now, I'm not the smartest man in the room. I don't have all the answers. I don't claim to. And I know there's lots of people out there that are a lot smarter than I am. But if I can get you shook up enough to where I jumpstart your own thought process. You might take something that I say and run with it, but only do it much better and much more efficient than I would. I have a tendency to kind of circle the drain and do things the hard way. I don't know why I'm that way. It just, that is the way I am. And no matter how I've tried to change that, that's just me. And that gets me to another basic. It's time to learn how to be your own best friend. Because there are things in life that you face that if you had a friend face it, you would take that friend by the hand or give that friend a hug and give that friend some kind words and some good advice because that's how we're wired. That's how humanity acts when they come to the aid of a friend in need. But a lot of us have been isolated. We've been quarantined and stranded, and some of us have lost our jobs because of our faith or because of our lack of faith in the medical tyranny. And some people tend to be really hard on themselves. They're having a bad day or a bad situation, and they just pour it on. Inside their own mind, they tell themselves, yeah, you probably deserved it. You're stupid. Why did you do that? You're worthless. People tend to look at themselves in a light that's not as healthy as it should be. They look at themselves as being inferior, when in fact, nobody is superior to anyone else in this world. God created all of us for a purpose, and we all have value. And one of the basic things that we can do is to learn how to be our own best friend. When we're having a bad day or a bad situation, we don't need to condemn ourselves and tell ourselves that we deserve that knock that we just got. It's time to have some kind thoughts about yourself. 
And maybe you did something and you failed. And let's say you failed miserably, but you did your best. If you do your best, you can do no more than that. Nobody on the planet can do any better than their best. Now, don't lie to yourself and don't just go through the motions and tell yourself you did your best. Because self-deceiving yourself is not being a friend at all either. And I'm not saying to make up things to justify your failures or what you've done wrong. But I'm saying do not condemn yourself for it. We've all made mistakes. That's what it is to be human, is to make mistakes. But we have to learn from our mistakes. And we have to learn how to move on. We need to learn how to pick ourselves up out of the dirt, dust ourselves off, and face that wind and just walk. That's what we need to learn how to do. But we need to learn how to do that without condemning ourselves. Because ultimately it's Satan who is condemning us. And you have to remember, while you may be condemning yourself, you have to remember what Jesus Christ is doing right now for you. He's with the Father interceding for you if you're a child of God. So why would you be tearing yourself down while Jesus is with Almighty God interceding for you? Jesus died for you. God loves you. Now, I'm not saying you have to love yourself and worship yourself. I'm not saying that at all. But you need to learn how to not condemn yourself. You need to learn how to get back to the basics with the golden rule and use that same golden rule when it applies to yourself in thinking about yourself. You know, I'm just a miserable sinner, just like you are, saved only by the grace of God. And there's no medical reason that I'm alive. And I know that I'm here today because of a miracle of God. And it took me about 10 years to finally figure out why God spared my life. And I think God spared my life so I could help people. And so I'm going to be obedient to that. I'm going to try to help as many people as I can. Like I say, I don't have all the answers. But I think we need to get back to basics on everything in life, whether it be learning how to cook or sew or can or just the basics of taking time to be silent and let God be God. Be still and know that he's God. That's getting back to basics. Getting back to basics is taking care of yourself, taking care of your children, taking care of your whole family, taking care of your community. That's getting back to basics. We all need to look at this life and know that we're not put here at random. There is a reason that you're alive today on this planet during all this time of trouble. There is a reason that you're here right now. Now, I don't know the reason, and you may not know the reason, but you need to pray about it. Pray that God reveals to you the reason that you're here right now in these troubled times. I see all the bad. I see all the negative. I see all the problems. But I also know that as a child of God, we shall overcome. And that's one thing that I'm seeing among some Christians is that they're buying into all the doomsday and they're forgetting that they're a child of God. I'm not saying that just because you're a child of God that everything's going to be sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows because just the opposite's the case. You have to go through lots of trials and tribulations as a believer. And the Bible is very clear on that. But that doesn't mean that we have to have despair in our heart. 
that doesn't mean that we have to live in a spirit of fear. The Bible says, fear not. And so I take that literally. I believe every word in the Bible is there for a reason. So I believe every word in the Bible. And the Bible says, fear not. And so I don't. Some may think that I'm very naive. And I'll admit that I'm probably very naive on lots of things. But I like to live where the rubber meets the road. And I like to go back to basics. And one of the most basic things is, Jesus Christ died for you. And right now he's interceding for you. And through Jesus Christ, we have life. That's basic. And so when I see that some country has bombed another country or some pedophile has been caught with their students or something like that, it does trouble me. It does bother me. And yes, it almost depresses me at times. But I go back to basics and know that God is in control. God says, fear not. And through the grace and power of God, we shall overcome. And the Bible also clearly states that this too shall pass. So the most basic thing we can do is to try to build our faith and to try to have a closer walk with the Lord. And then when it comes to the physical things, just try to do something every day to get a victory over the technology. Even if it's using a handsaw instead of an electric saw. Just anything that you can do to show yourself that, yes, you can live without all the technology. And also, if you pay close attention, you'll start to notice when people are trying to brainwash you or trying to influence you in a negative sort of way, or they're trying to depress you. Simply don't buy into it. This whole world that they're trying to build, this great reset, this new world order, this satanic cabal of, of evil people, that's the world they want. And I hate the fact that there's people that are actually buying into that and they're accepting it. And some people are even welcoming that world. Well, that world is not for me. And I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm not going to join in. I'm not going to condone it. I'm not going to promote it. Matter of fact, I'm going to fight it because it's wrong. And that's another thing that we have to get back into basics is simple, right, and wrong. It's wrong to mislead a child. It's wrong to hurt a child. So therefore, all this pedophilia and all this brainwashing and all the things that are happening in the public schools is wrong. It's wrong to kill your children. Abortion is wrong. And it's wrong to rely on gadgets and things for your own personal fulfillment and happiness. What is right is God. What is right is taking care of yourself, your family, and your community. What's right is standing up for what is right. And I truly believe that now is the time for all good people to gather together in the Spirit of Christ. Every day I have to struggle with the Antichrist. I'm just like everyone else. I have my temptations and I have my warts, I have my problems. But I have my eyes wide open and I know what's happening and I can identify it and I can resist it and come against it and ultimately overcome it. But we're not going to resist and overcome things on our own. Again, we have to get back to basics and build our faith because it's our faith in God above all else, that trumps everything else. Nothing else really truly matters. And the Bible does say, fear not. 
So we should never live in a spirit of fear. Well, I've really enjoyed my time today on Truth to Ponder. I hope that someone got something from my message. And once again, I want to thank Bob Behrman for having me today. And thank you again for listening. And until next time, everyone, please consider what I said about getting back to basics. Stay strong. Stay well. But most of all, replace fear with faith. Once again, thank you, Jim Calhoun, for for stepping up to the plate and helping me out again. Now, last week you did yeoman's work. You did three of the programs, and it meant a lot to me for us to be able to travel to our home in Georgia, where this week we are trying to get things ready for it to be on the market to sell. This weekend we plan to spend a little time up in Virginia with the daughter and probably a few days beyond to get an idea what what may be there for us. We just feel the time has come to make some changes while we're young enough and able to do it. As you get older, this this moving stuff and trying to get your life back in order is not quite as easy as it was maybe in our younger years. And so keep us in your prayers. Keep this sale of this home in Georgia in your prayers as we prepare to sell and move and head up to to extreme southwest Virginia. I can't speak maybe for you, but I, I just have this very strong feeling that God is moving his people around a little bit, not everybody, but getting us in a place of being prepared for the next things to come. We talk a lot on this radio program about being prepared. We learned during the pandemic, most churches were not prepared for not being able to meet. What would happen if the government shut the doors down to the church? Nobody ever believed that would happen, especially for the length of time that it did. And in Canada, arresting, and they went, they went literally, literally insane in Canada over this virus. And they exercised this, this draconian authority on people. How are we ready? Where do we find fellowship? We'll be talking about that tomorrow on the program. For now, I just want to thank all of you that support us financially. It means the world to me to be able to pay these radio airtime bills. And if you can help us make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, that's Ancient Word Radio, mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753, that's 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, and that is in Crestview. One word, Crestview, Florida, and the zip code in Crestview is 32536. That's 32536. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth. The number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.